And, and so today I'm going to try and expound a little bit on, on what Donnie said. Again, I can't go back and recap everything that, that he did cover last week. Uh, and so what I want to do today is, is talk more in, in the sphere of when we do have feelings, uh, especially like negative or unwanted feelings in our lives, how can we begin to manage and deal with those uh, as we go through life? And so I want to do that. I want to jump off maybe at a weird a weird point of Scripture. We're going to unpack some Scriptures today. I'm going to jump all over. Uh, I'm not going to just unpack one whole verse of Scripture. We're going to jump everywhere in the Bible because there's so many incredible things within the text uh, of Scripture that, that speak to our emotions and our feelings uh, today. So we're going to do that. But before we do, I want to jump off on maybe a weird one out of Mark. In uh, Mark, these are the words of Jesus when, when he was pinned down and somebody said, hey, what's the deal? What's the most important thing in life, in all of life? And, and so here's what Jesus said. The most important commandment is this, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And that may seem like a weird jumping off point, but if you read that again, there's so much emotion and feeling tied up in this one command. If you want to know what the most important thing is, it is to use your feelings, your emotions, everything in your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength to love the Lord your God. And it's, it's, it's my belief that God wouldn't call us to do something like this, this one command, this one thing that he's called us to do, unless he's equipped us and enabled us to live uh, through these emotions and process these feelings and understand them in a deeper way. And so our jumping off point has to be first and foremost, we've got to understand emotions as they relate to God and scripture and, and, and our lives. And so I want to dive off just, just with a couple of quick things about understanding our emotions. And the first thing we've got to understand about our emotions is that we have a God who has emotions. We don't serve some cosmic being that, that, that just exists and doesn't feel anything or, or anything like that. We, we serve a God who has emotions and feelings. He feels things like joy, grief, pain, anger, even hatred toward things that are evil and contrary to his ways. We have a God who, who feels and, and, and is emotions. He, he feels these things. And that's why he calls us to, to love him with all of our hearts, with all our feelings, with all of our emotions, because he himself is, is a God of emotion and feeling. And second thing you've got to understand based on that is that our ability to feel and to have these emotions is actually a gift from God. Many of us may not view it as a gift when, when we're going through those times of, of sadness or grief or anxiety or whatever it is. It may not feel like a gift in that moment. But when you understand that God is a God of emotions and, and, and he has created us, Genesis says this, Genesis chapter 1 says this, God, he said this, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So if God is a God of emotions and feelings, he's created us in his image to be just as he is in the sense that we have emotions, we have feelings, we have a gift to be able to be happy, to, to be content, to have peace in our lives. We have that ability, and it is a gift from him. And so we've got to understand that, that this is what sets us apart from the rest of his creation. See, trees, they, they don't have the ability to feel, it, 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 even though some, some crunchy people may, may say, oh, don't tear a leaf, that, le that, that really hurt that tree. No, they don't feel. They don't have emotions. So, so what sets us apart from other parts of creation is the fact that he gave us this gift of feelings and emotions in our lives. It sets us apart. It's what makes us unique. It's what makes us human in, in all of this. So we've got to understand that God is a God of emotion. And, and the fact that he gave us that gift 
and the ability to feel as a gift from him is a beautiful thing. So the third thing you've got to remember is that there are really two extremes when it comes to, to emotions and feelings in our lives. And we've got to avoid these two extremes, and it's very difficult sometimes because you'll find yourself leaning more toward one than the other. And the first one is, is emotionalism, which really, really all that means is that all that matters is how I feel. If I don't feel good, it's going to dictate everything in my life. It's going to dictate what I do, where I go, who I talk to, how I talk to them. All that matters is how I feel. That's one extreme. And then the other extreme is what's called stoicism, which essentially means that feelings really aren't that important at all. They should have no bearing on what you do or anything in your life. Your feelings just don't matter. And those are two kind of extremes. And the funny thing about these two extremes, as I said, you'll find yourself leaning more toward one than the other. The funny thing about this is God, in, in his weird, weird way of doing things, is he usually partners these two people up together. Whether that's in a work relationship or a parent-child relationship or a marriage relationship especially, we'll find, maybe you've heard the terms um, stuffer and spewer. Anybody ever heard those? In these relationships, there are people who, who have feelings and they just stuff them down, stuff them down, stuff them down, don't want to feel, don't, feelings don't matter. And then you've got the other person that everything matters. Everything's a big deal. Everything comes to light. And their feelings are the most important thing. And so God does this weird thing where he puts these kind of people together. And I think he does it on purpose to help us find a balance so that we don't, don't, don't go toward one or the other. And, and the funny thing is, my wife and I, when I was telling her what I was speaking on, she just kind of chuckled. I was like, what's so funny? She was like, you're speaking on feelings? Because she's like, you're basically a robot, you know? I have to beg you to care about something sometimes, you know? And so that, that's just the way it works sometimes. So I do gravitate more toward the, the stoic side of, of, you know, we'll just push the feelings aside for a little bit. And she's kind of the opposite of that. Is, is, uh, she, she's more like a bottle of Coke, you know, or, or the champagne bottle. You know, she stuffs and stuffs and stuffs and stuffs, and then bam! And, you know, it all comes spewing out at once, you know? So that was very loud. I am so sorry. I got really, really overzealous on that one. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so you, you don't want to find yourself on one of these extremes. You want to try and find a place in the middle uh, of these. And so the, the fourth and final thing that we've got to understand about our emotions is that, that God ultimately, he gave us the book of Psalms. He gave us all of his word, but, but the Psalms in particular, and we're going to dive into some of those toward the, the, the end of the, of the talk today. But he gave us the book of Psalms, and if you've never really spent a lot of time in the book of Psalms outside of maybe Psalm 23 or, or whatever, uh, there's so much emotion and feeling. I, I would dare to say that almost every human emotion and feeling somewhere is in Psalms. And David, who penned a lot of the Psalms, was, was a guy who just rode the wave of emotion. One day he was like, God, you're the greatest, you're incredible, you're amazing. And then the next day he's like, God, why did you forsake me? Why did you put me in this deep pit of despair? And so he just runs this gamut of emotion and feelings. And, and in the book of Psalms, we get to see how God interacts and deals with those emotions and feelings. So he gave us that gift in the book of Psalms and his scriptures to, to better understand our emotions. See, when I'm struggling a lot of times, I find myself getting into the Psalms. You know, sometimes you get those little verses, well, I need a verse on, man, I'm just really stressed, or I'm really, 85% it, it, of the time it comes back to a passage out of Psalms. And so we're going to unpack some of those uh, a little bit later. But you've got to understand that God gave us the book of Psalms to better understand our emotions and our feelings. And the big deal today is that emotions, no matter, no matter where you fall in this, this camp of things, emotions are a part of life. Feelings are a part of life, whether you like it or not, whether, whether you, you try to stuff them or, or you just try to, try to spew them out. Wherever you land in this or you're somewhere in the middle, 
the emotions that you deal with are a part of life. And so because of that, we've got to learn as followers of Christ how to manage them, especially when we partner with, with the words of Christ and the Holy Spirit that he's given us in our lives. We've got to learn to partner and manage these things. And it's important to manage them for, for, for four reasons. And the first one is this. The first reason we've got to learn to manage our feelings is that our feelings are often unreliable. Our feelings are often unreliable. There's a passage out of Proverbs 14 that says this. There's a path before each person that seems right. There's a path that feels right, that seems right, that looks right, that, that our emotions kind of lead to, but it ends in death. See, all of us have feelings about certain things, about where we should go, about what we should do, but oftentimes our feelings are unreliable. See, following your feelings usually leads in the wrong direction to a path that we never intended to walk down. And so it's important for us to understand that we've got to manage this because our, our feelings can lead us to where we never intended to go. Second reason we've got to manage our feelings is that our feelings can be manipulated. When we operate only by what we feel and how we feel and what we do, we've got to understand that our feelings can be manipulated. Again, in Proverbs, later on in chapter 25, it says this, a person without self-control, a person who is not in control of their feelings or their emotions or, or what they think or what they say, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Anyone can come in and invade and take over. You can be easily manipulated if you let feelings guide you and dictate what you do or don't do in life. No, nobody's figured this out any more than the advertising in our country. You know what I'm saying? Advertisers have figured this out, that if I can manipulate somebody's feelings, I can get an outcome that I desire. So you watch these commercials, and they show you that new car, and they, they want to show you all the great things about this car and tell you that you need this new car, and before long you're feeling like, you know, I do need a new car. My car is like three years old. I need a new one. I do need that. And you begin to have these feelings, or, or they show these amazing uh, cookies on TV, and you're like, I know I've been good for a week, but one day wouldn't be bad. I'll go get some cookies because you feel like that would be good for you. That would taste good. It would feel good to indulge in that cookie. Yes, I do want to open happiness. So I go get a can of drink and, you know, just drink it because I want to feel what that person felt on TV. Advertisers have figured out how to manipulate our feelings and make us want things. And that's just one example. You know who else has figured this out? The enemy, Satan. He's figured out that if if I can keep you in a pit of despair, if I can keep you thinking that, yeah, nobody does like you, if I can keep you thinking that, yeah, yeah, they do, want, don't, they don't want anything good for you in your life, if I can keep you thinking in that spiral, then you're never going to accomplish what God calls you to accomplish. You're never going to be who he's called you to be. You're never going to become what he's called you to become. He's figured that out. If I can manipulate their feelings and if I can make them think that their feelings are really the most important thing, They'll never be who God's called them to be. They'll stay in that pit of despair. So we can't let our feelings be manipulated. The third thing we've got to, third reason we've got to manage our feelings is because our feelings, kind of riding on the last one, can become a ruler of our life instead of God. Our feelings can begin to rule our life, our lives instead of God. I love this passage in Romans. Um, where Paul writes this, he says, so letting our sinful nature, 
Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. And Donnie, he spoke to this last week. If, again, I encourage you to go back and watch it. He, he had these this crazy mind maps with, with train tracks and, and crazy stuff, but he, but he equated it all that there's this old man and this new man, and there's this sinful desire, and there's a new desire that God puts in us when we turn our lives over to him. And that's what Paul's alluding to. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. And he continues, it never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. When you operate out of your sinful nature, your feelings, when you let those emotions begin to dictate how you live and what you do and where you go and what you say, you can never please God. God, when those feelings become the ruler of your heart and the ruler of your life, there's no place for God left on the throne of your heart. And so we've got to be careful. We've got to learn how to manage our feelings because our feelings can never be allowed to rule instead of God. Because when feelings dictate, God ultimately is not in control. When feelings dictate what you do and where you go and what you say, God is no longer in control of your life. And so we've got to learn to manage that got to learn that because life and peace only come from God. They only come from God. Life and peace only come from God. And the fourth reason we've got to learn to manage our feelings is this, that your feelings can keep you from living life to its fullest. I mean, that's the call, right? If you want to have life and life to the full, it only comes through, through serving and loving God with all our hearts, all our minds, all our strength, all our soul. That's where life to the full comes from. But when you begin to let feelings and emotions rule you and dictate where you go, what you do, you'll never have life to the full. You'll never have the life that God intended for you to have, that he's called you to have in this world in which you live. You'll never have it. 1 Peter 4.2 says this, you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. When you begin to understand that feelings can't dictate, your emotions can't dictate what you do, so you won't go about chasing your own desires, but when you allow God, God alone, his words, his love to reign supreme in your life, when you turn your life over to him, your feelings over to him, it, it gives us life to the full. We'll become anxious to do the will of God. See, when we give our heart to Jesus, when we turn our life over to Jesus, that includes our feelings. That includes our feelings and our emotions, every part of us, all your heart, all your mind, everything. We turn it over to him and we trust him. Many people, they end up wasting their lives because they only do what they feel. See, sometimes God, he may call you to do something that, that may feel a little awkward, may feel a little scary. You may not take that step or go on that mission trip or talk to that person because, yeah, it's a little, little bit anxious, a little bit stressful. And sometimes you just got to trust God in the process and, and know that he's called you to something else. And your feelings shouldn't dictate what you do. Keep your eyes fixed on him and trust him. Many people have wasted their lives because they only do what they feel. Trusting God, it can be difficult, but it's the only way to live life to the full. So we've got to learn to manage our feelings. We've got to learn 
to be who God has called us to be as his followers and as his people. And so the final question is, okay, that all sounds great, Zach. That sounds good. I understand a little bit more about emotions. I understand that I've got to manage these feelings. But what happens when they, when they do come up and I'm beginning to fight this battle? How do, I, how do I cope? How do I deal with that? How do I get through that? That's what I want to kind of end on. It's how do, how do we manage the unwanted feelings that are going to pop up in your life? There's going to be times of fear. There's going to be times of dread. There's going to be times of worry. There's going to be times of stress. It's going to happen. And so when those pop up, how do we manage it? How do, how do we manage these things that we know we don't want in our lives, that we know can wreck our lives? How do we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith? How do we do that? Well, the first thing you've got to do, the first step toward, toward managing it, is you've got to name it. I know this is, this is going to be, seem very simple. You guys would never believe this, but I have a master's degree in counseling, okay? I, I legit do. I'm a terrible counselor, though. That's why I don't do it. I'm absolutely terrible, you know, but, but here's, here's one thing I do know, that you'll never solve a problem until you identify it and name it. You'll never overcome a feeling that goes unnamed. Never. Psalm 55.2 says this. Again, this is David. He says, please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. He's calling out for help, and he's trying to figure out, what, what is it that's troubling me? I need help. I'm in trouble. I've got a name, whatever it is. You've got to identify what it is. And the best way to do that is to ask this question. What am I really feeling? What am I really feeling? In those moments when God calls us to do something, what is it you're feeling? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it dread? Is it stress about what it might take? What are you really feeling? Because you'll never get over a feeling if you don't identify it. You'll never be able to overcome it until you name it. You'll never be able to overcome an unnamed feeling. So you've got to name it. The second thing you've got to do is challenge it. You've got to challenge this feeling. And the best way to do that is to ask three simple questions. And the first question is this, what's the real reason I'm feeling this? Let's go down the path of God's called you to, to take a mission trip. You're afraid you've never left the country. You've got this fear and you've got to begin to walk this process of, okay, why am I afraid? Am I afraid to get on a plane? Am I afraid to, to leave a country? Am I afraid because I can't communicate? What, what, why am I feeling this? What am I really afraid of? What's the real reason I'm feeling this? Is it because maybe I don't trust God enough? What's the real reason I'm feeling this? And the second thing you've got to do after you ask that is, well, is that really true? Will God really leave me or forsake me? No, his word says he'll never leave me or forsake me. It doesn't matter if I can't speak the language. No, God says he, he can use anybody to communicate his love and his peace and his grace and his hope. So is it true? Why am I feeling this? Is it true? And then finally, is this feeling helping or is it hurting me? Is this feeling helping me to, to make wise choices and good decisions and to follow and become everything that God's called me to be? Or is it, is it keeping me, hurting me from doing all that God has called me to do in this life, with my life, for his glory? Is it helping me or is it hurting me? You've got to name it. You've got to challenge it. And sometimes, sometimes guys, you, you, you need some help when it comes to challenging your feelings. 
That's where people like counselors, good counselors, not me, that's where they come in, in, into play, counselors and, and, and other people like that, friends, good friends, people within your small groups. Have you invited people into your life enough to be able to challenge those negative and unwanted feelings in your life? Sometimes it may be as simple as somebody just giving you some resource or a book or a, or, or a podcast or something that begins to challenge the feelings that you're feeling, whether it's fear, anxiety, so whatever it is, whatever that negative, unwanted feeling is, have you given someone permission to challenge it in your life? Some of us need to do that. Some of us need, need that help. So we've got to name it. We've got to challenge it. And thirdly, we've got to tame it. We've got to tame it. We've got to tame this unwanted feeling in your life. Once you've named it and challenged it, and ask those questions, you've got to begin the process of, of taming it and bringing it under submission into your life. And there, there's really two kind of ways that you can do that. And, and the first one seems overly simplistic. But here's, here's, what I, here's what it says. Sometimes you just need to change what you're feeling. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to change what you're feeling. And the way, the way I kind of look at this and do that is there's a passage in Philippians 2 that says this. I love this passage in all of my life. It says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So in these moments when you're, when you're dealing with these unwanted feelings and these negative emotions in your life, the simplest and best question to ask as a follower of Christ, here it comes, you ready? What would Jesus do? What would he do? Would he walk in fear? Would he walk in dread? Would he be anxious? Would he be scared? Would he be stressed? And if the answer to those questions is no, no, he would not, then you need to change the way you're feeling because you should have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had because you're his and he's in you and you should have the same attitude that he had. Sometimes you just need to change the way you're feeling and you need to dismiss the feelings that are not like Christ. And the second thing is sometimes, sometimes you need to channel what you're feeling. And that sounds a little weird, but here, here's what I mean. Sometimes you go through feelings and emotions. Sometimes they're not for you. Sometimes there's somebody in your small group. Somebody there's, sometimes there's somebody in your family. Sometimes there's a coworker or a neighbor. And you're going through a maybe a similar situation that they are, and God wants you to channel that, that feeling so that you can help them, so that you can become a minister of hope in their lives. And so when you go through those moments, whatever it is, sometimes you need to ask, God, am I feeling this because you want me to talk to so-and-so because I know they're going through the same thing? And you need to channel that and use it to be a minister and a beacon of light in a dark world sometimes. So you need to channel it sometimes. See, God, he can use your feelings to help others. He can use our feelings to help others who are going through the similar things. So you've got to name it, you challenge it, and you begin the process of taming it and bringing it under submission. And the best way to bring it under submission, here it is. Here's the take-home piece. You ready? It's going to be big news. Trust God's word. Trust God's word. Believe that he is who he says he is and that he's going to do everything he said he would do. Trust his 
word. That's the best way to bring an unwanted, un, unnecessary feeling into submission in your life. There's two passages out of Psalms. The first one's in 119, where it says, I have hidden your word in my heart. I've trusted your word above all else, above my feelings, above my emotions, above anything I'm going through. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, that I might not let those feelings and those emotions dictate what I do or don't do, what I do or don't say, where I go in my life, because I've hidden your word in my heart. I trust your word above all else. Then earlier in Psalm 19, it says this, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It says, God, I want to please you. I want to trust you above all else, no matter what I'm feeling. I'm going to trust your word, no matter what. See, God, he has given us the key to understand and manage our emotions. The key is, is found in his words, in the scripture that he has passed down for over 2,000 years, and he's given it to us. The question isn't, do we know how? Do we have the key? The question is, do you use it? Or even deeper, do you really trust it? Do you really believe that God is who he says he is, and he'll do what he says he's do? Do you believe that? And so as I close today, I just want to give you two ways, two ways to trust God to trust his word, to trust that he is who he says he is, no matter what. Two simple things you can do every day. And the first one is this. Every day, ask God to fill you with his spirit. Every day, ask God to fill you with his spirit. Galatians, this is what it says. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Pay attention to the feelings, the emotional words that are about to be, be, be rattled off. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. If you want to experience these kind of feelings, if you want to experience love over hate, joy over anger, peace over anxiety. The best way to do that every day is to invite His Spirit to take up residence in your heart and in your life and let that dictate where you go and what you do. It's the only way. See, what's inside is what comes out. Nobody peels an orange to get an apple. Nobody opens a banana to squeeze a lemon. What's inside comes out. So every day, you've got to ask that his spirit would take up residence in your life and in your heart. Secondly, every day, ask God to help you manage your mouth. Ask God to help you manage your mouth. In Proverbs 13, 3, it says, Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. can ruin everything. Can I tell you, this is one of the reasons I'm not a great, great um, counselor. <laughs> it's because in my studies, I kind of ascribe to, to what's called logotherapy, which means what you say dictate, what you say to yourself dictates how you live. And people don't like to hear that <laughs> because people don't like to tell themselves really good things about themselves. 
And so that's why I'm not a good counselor, because everything I do comes back to, well, what are you telling yourself? Well, that's a lie. Don't tell yourself that. Tell yourself something different. So it's session one, and they're out, you know, and we're done. But that's, that's what the Bible says, and that's why I believe it. It's because it says those who control their tongue will have a long life. The Bible even says it clearer later on. It says the power of life and death is in the tongue. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And nowhere is this more true than, than our emotions and our feelings and how we live our lives. What you tell yourself, what you think about dictates your words, and what you, what you say becomes what you do. And what you do eventually becomes who you are. So we've got to spend time every day asking God to help us manage our tongues and our mouths. Now, I know that sounds like an overly simplistic way. And next week, Matt's going to get a little bit deeper into some, some bigger issues that come. I don't want to oversimplify every emotion, everything that we feel in our lives. There, there are people that, that do struggle with, with really deep things, and they need professional help sometimes. And Matt's going to address some of that next week. But for us as followers of Christ, you've got to understand that the highest thing he's called us to is to love him with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And the best way to do that is to invite his presence into our heart every day and to ask him to help us manage what we think and say in our lives. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your love, for your grace for your incredible mercies that are new every day. I thank you that we can talk about a subject like emotions and feelings and know that, that ultimately, because we can feel it is a gift from you. Now God, even in the moments of life when we feel despair and hopelessness and pain, because we, we, we have an invitation to put our hope and our heart and our trust in you, that, that those feelings can be changed into to joy and love and peace. And so, God, I pray a special prayer right now for, for anyone in this room who, who right now just finds themselves in, a, in just, just a pit of, of despair, of unwanted feelings, of negative emotions that have driven them deep into despair. And, God, they feel crippled. They feel like they can't take a step with you and for you because of all the negativity and all the feelings that are just keeping them down. God, I pray right now for for your Holy Spirit to invade their heart, invade their life, begin to speak words of peace, begin to speak words of love, begin to speak words of hope over them to break through the clouds of despair so that ultimately they're able to see your light and begin the process of, of inviting you in and trusting your word and following your plan for their lives above all else. I pray for us as a, a church that you've rooted in this community that you would help us to, to be beacons of light as we go out into workplaces and neighborhoods and schools, God, that you would let us be beacons of hope and joy and love and peace because we trust your word above all else, because we take you at your word, because we believe who you are and we know that you'll do what you said you'll do. We love you. We thank you. It's in your amazing in all-powerful name, I pray these things, Jesus. Amen. Amen.